Hello, it's Mike McDivitt, interim pastor of the New Hope Baptist Church here in December the 11th. And we are going to be turning to Matthew, if you would, Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, we're going to read a few verses and have a word of prayer, if you would. Matthew chapter 5, starting here in verse 13. And ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt have lost its savor, wherewith shall ye be, it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to, ca- but to be cast out, and to be trodden under foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle, and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father, just thank you for this day you've given us, Lord. And I pray, dear Father, that you will help me as we go through your word, that you will show us all, Lord, uh, what you would have for us in your word today. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. What I want to talk today about is on Christian influence. Christian influence. Sometimes we discount that as if we don't have a responsibility, right? Some reason, somewhere along the line, we have um, forgot that we have a responsibility to influence our culture, our churches, our families our country, and therefore we have not influenced it at all. We keep it to ourselves. I've actually heard Christians say that, that I will, that they, they, they I will not, um, in, I will not uh, put my religion on someone. It's how they, how they describe it. Well, I agree. Leave your religion at home, but your relationship with God, you need to tell them. You need to tell them about Jesus Christ. Your, your your influence on not only what you say, but how you live your life. It reverberates around the world. I'm telling you, it does. And I wanted to read a few verses about that today. And this one's a perfect set of verses to start this off because salt, you know, in the old days, that was a very uh, a rare commodity, something that was highly prized. You can, you can uh, take meats and preserve them. Right? It's not only just salt your food and make it taste better, but preserve meat and otherwise. And when it lost its savor, it's no good for anything, except for they just take and throw it on a pathway to help kill the weeds. There was nothing, no, nothing uh, good about it after that. And the Christian that lost his savor, what are they good for? What are their purpose? They're just um, walking through this life, not serving the Lord or, or just... Um, warming a pew somewhere and not doing anything for him. They lost their savor. And then it talks about, of course, you know, that we're the light of the world. We live in his light. We become the light of the world. We we, uh, reflect his light. And you put a candle in a room, light touches every corner, right? It does. It, it puts, it chases the darkness out. And when a Christian walks into a workplace, you should chase the darkness out of that workplace. All right? 
the light of a Christian life, the saltiness of a Christian life, should influence everything. And our forefathers influenced this great country, and we have let them down and not have done, not done the same thing. We have let other influences take over. Let's look in 1 Corinthians. Come back here to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 33. Be not deceived. Evil communications corrupts good manners. You can be influenced by evil communications or just by hanging around the wrong crowd. It corrupts good manners. It corrupts the way, in other words, your your actions. You know, your 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 when you uh, I've seen so many people in churches that and, and sad to say, none this is sad to say, but when they when they start talking about people or whatever, it's evil communications. Should not be even heard of in the church. It corrupts good morals. We get to Proverbs 22, 24, we're not going to turn there, but it talks about, about who you hang with, you become. You're not supposed to hang around people that are that have a temperament because then it rubs off on you. And there's so many verses in the Bible. We have to be careful the way we act, who we hang around with, because they influence us. Hang with the Lord. Hang with fellow Christians. I'm saying, not saying you don't rub elbows and go to the lost. We are supposed to do that. But we got to be very careful, very careful in that, because there's also supposed to be a separation for a reason. We want to represent the Lord in this world, to influence other people to the Lord, not having those other people influence us. I worked in a mill for a good while, and the one thing I had noticed when I worked there, truthfully, was some men in there that came that had some moral basis to them. And when they started hanging around the wrong crew, even though they were adults, they started acting like them. Same thing with Christians. We have to be very careful. We want to be the influencer. We want to be the salt and the light to that workplace, to the family and so forth, right? Yes, we do. So I would like to um, look at a, look an example of somebody that didn't do his job. That didn't do his job. Let's go clear back here to Genesis. Genesis chapter 13. Clear back here to Genesis chapter 13. We're going to read 7 through 11, if you would. And it says, And there was strife between the herdsmen of Abraham's cattle and the herdsmen of Lot's cattle and the Canaanites and the Perizzites dwell in the land, in the land then in the land. And Abraham said unto Lot, let there be no strife, I pray thee, between me and thee, and between my herdsmen and thy herdsmen, for we be brethren. Is not the whole land before thee? Separate thyself, I pray thee, from me, and if thou wilt take the left hand, I will go to the right, and if thou wilt depart from the right hand, then I will go to the left. Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld the plains of Jordan, that it was well watered and everywhere before the Lord destroyed, this was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Even the, saw, even the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, and it comes unto Zoar. Lot shows him all the plains of Jordan, and it goes on. 
Why do we read that? That's not the main part I want to read. I want you to set this up. He didn't really say, well, Lord, where do you want me to go? I'm sure it had to be well known how evil the people of Sodom and Gomorrah was. After we read what comes next. But he goes into that way. and he Does he influence them or do they influence him? Well, let's find out. Genesis chapter 18. Let's see if Lot did his job by influencing those that he was around. Genesis chapter 18. And we're going to start here in verse 20. And it says, And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah, this is the area where, where a lot went and ended up there, is great because of their sin is very grievous. And I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the cry of it, which is coming to me. And if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom. And Abraham stood yet before the Lord. Now they came and met Abraham and said what they were going to do if they found out. And Abraham knew that's where Lot was. And he begged them. He said, please, if there's 50 righteous within a city, will you not destroy it? He said, okay, for 50. And he works his way down. And he works his way down, clear down. He goes like 40, then he goes 30, then he goes 20. Then he said, if there be 10 found there, he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And then they went their way. Well, how many people did Lot have in his family? Well, he had him, his wife, and two daughters. How many is that? I think that's four, right? Did they influence? They were going towards there to see, weren't they? And as they went, in verse 19... Lot, of course, he brought them in, and he didn't want them to uh, to destroy that place. That was his home. But I think they probably influenced him, even though it doesn't say that. But he and his children and his wife was God's children. God would not destroy that place with them in it because he wouldn't place his wrath, his direct wrath, on his own. So, were there ten? He was lingering. He wasn't wanting to go, and they were telling him to go. Verse 16 of chapter 19 says, And while he lingered, who? Lot. The men lay hold upon his hand, and upon the hand of his wife, and upon the hand of the two daughters. And the Lord being merciful unto him, they brought him forth and set him without the city. He couldn't even influence one other person outside of his family. Isn't that sad? He couldn't even influence them. That's our job as people of God, is it not? It sure is. It sure is. Now let's go the opposite route. Let's go further, not today yet, but in towards today. Let's go to Acts chapter 1. The book of Acts in the New Testament, as far as this matter of Christian influence, Chapter 1 and verses 3 through 8. And it says, To whom also he showed himself alive after the passion of many and, and, and infallible proofs, being seen of them for forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart. Who? Who? Jesus Christ is commanding them from Jerusalem. 
But wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, Ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, and ye shall baptize them with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. And they therefore were come together and asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the times of the seasons, or the seasons, which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, that ye shall be witnesses of me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and the Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. How do we influence? You know, Lot couldn't do it, apparently, right? How, what did he not do? He wasn't a witness either in his life or in word or in deed. Jesus in the New Testament, in the New Covenant, commands us that we are to be witnesses through, through witnessing and the power of the Holy Ghost. We are to influence this generation. That is our job. That is a command. It's not a suggestion. And it's mentioned several times, Matthew 28 being one of them, to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. All right, and goes on. That is our job. We are to, through the power of the Holy, don't forget that now. A lot of times people say through their own, almost like it's through their own works. Well, you do have to put feet on the prayers, but I'm telling you what, through the power of the Holy Ghost, as you go out and witness, both in your life and how you live and in your mouth, how you tell them. I'm telling you, we need to be influencers of our culture, of our generation. The Lord put us in this generation for a reason. We are to be witnesses and we're running out of time here, but we're not going to turn there. But in Acts 20, or rather Acts 2, 37 through 41, Peter and the disciples uh, witnessed and 3,000 souls were saved. 3,000 souls were saved. You think this could happen today? You are right if you said yes. It's the same God, the same Holy Spirit. We just have to bend the knee and give in. Many times we just give up. We warm the pew. We walk the life daily and pay our bills and win. You know, we do what we can. But we, through the Holy Spirit, have not went out and witnessed the people and lived the life for the Lord. And we don't want to be like Lot, do we? End our life with not being a witness for him. It's sad, but that's what's happened to a lot of Christians, a lot of churches. And we're struggling right now, aren't we, in being an influencer of our own uh, nation in America. I know there's those of you that are listening from other countries, and, and you of your country, that Christians have lost our savor as a whole. I'm not saying you personally. I hope not. But we need to get it back. God can do that. We need to be the light in our countries. I'm noticing there are people anywhere from Japan to, to um, South Africa and others, Philippines, Ireland, I mean, so many countries. It must be that some Christians are wanting to hear about God's word. 
We need to be influencers of our countries, my friend. There are people all around this globe that need saved. And that is our job. We find this specifically mentioned in Acts. Let's look in Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17. This is what should be said of us, my friend. Acts chapter 17 and verse 6. And when they found them not, they drew Jason and certain brethren under the rulers of the city, crying, These that have turned the world upside down are come hither also. Wouldn't you like it to be said that you turned the world upside down? Your church turned the world upside down? I would. I would. I want it to be said that we made a dent in this generation for the Lord. Paul sought to influence people. Let's look here in Acts chapter 18. We're back here anyways. Acts chapter 18. First few verses says, And after these things, Paul departed from Athens and came to Corinth and found a certain Jew named Aquila and born in Pontus lately come from uh, Italy with his wife Priscilla because that Claudius and commanded all the Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. And because he was of the same craft and abode with them and wrought for their occupation that they were tent makers. And he reasoned in the synagogues and every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. And it goes on. They were pressed in the spirit and they made a dent in that area. I'm telling you, he influenced people because he, he uh, persuaded them. He persuaded them. He was a very smart man. So when they came after him, oh, those Jews in those areas with, with, uh, with their arguments... They couldn't debate him because he really knew his Bible. And it goes on to say some opposed him. Then he went to the Gentiles. He was after souls. He was a soul hunter, right? He was a soul hunter. So we ought to be also. Our country needs us, my friend. Desperate need. Desperate need. And one point in that that we have forgotten, I think, sometimes... Let's look here in Psalms. Last verse. That's the last verse, my friend. Psalms. Psalms. Let's go back here to Psalms chapter 78. Psalm chapter 78. Starting here in verse 5. And it says, For, the, for he established a testimony in Jacob and appointed the law in Israel which he commanded our fathers, and they should make them known unto their children, that the generation to come might know them, even children which should be born, who should rise and declare them to their children, that they might set their hope in God and not forget the works of God and keep his commandments 
and might not be as their father, stubborn, a rebellious generation, a generation that set not their heart aright, whose spirit was not steadfast with God. We need to pass this on and influence our children, my friends. We're losing this generation. Not only this children, but the children within our churches, the children within our communities. We need to set our sights on them. They're the next generation. I believe the Lord's going to come back soon, but for some reason I'm wrong and it does not before I die. I need to be able to know that I have witnessed and won kids in the next generation to carry on. The kids that will become the preachers and the deacons and the church members and the the Christian businessmen and the Christian welders and the Christian carpenters and the Christian politicians, the Christians to carry on the work of the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, sometimes we seek sometimes to win the world and we forget about our kids. We were set in this generation, my friends. You think, I, don't, I wish I'd lived a long time ago. Well, you weren't set in this world a long time ago. You were set in this world in 2021 to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord has a purpose for you, a reason for you, a plan for you. It's an old saying that that uh, the world has a plan for you. Well, you have a plan for you. Old Satan has a plan for you. But don't forget, my friend, God has a plan for you. Don't you let Satan have his way. Don't you let this world have its way. And for goodness sake, don't let yourself have your way if it goes against the Lord. I'm telling you, let the Lord put his plans in your life and work so that we can do the work of the Lord Jesus Christ in this generation. We need to be influencers of this generation. We have a great work to do. We can't afford to sit around and do nothing. I heard a Christian one day and it just appalled me. He said that we just need to enjoy the fruits that God gave us. That's why we're here. No, we can enjoy the fruits God gave us. Yes, I know that. But the fruit that's most important is souls. We are to be about our father's business. Jesus spent his life after souls. The disciples died and gave their life for souls. And so ought we. So ought we. A missionary that I was reading about a long time ago got to the shores of India. And he said, here I will burn out for the Lord. And he did. But he made such an impact. Such an impact. My friends, we're willing to burn ourselves out for money, for people, for everything but the Lord. When the Lord is what lasts. I'm not saying you can't enjoy what God's blessed you with. I'm not saying you shouldn't work and provide for your family. The Lord says you should. A lot of times people say, I don't have time for church or God. I have only family time. Well, you can have both, my friend. I don't want to hear that excuse. I only have so much time. No, no, no. If you don't have time for the Lord, you need to elbow out some time. You can have family time and church time and God time. Yes, you can. So that we can influence this world, your children, your church. 
I don't know about your church, but a lot of our churches are hurting right now, aren't they? People have put church off to the side burner. And our country is suffering because of it. God works through the church, my friend. He does. We need to do a lot of praying, a lot of witnessing, and we need that to be said of ourselves as those disciples were of old and Paul, that they are turning the world upside down. Don't you want that? I do. Okay, my friend, ran over a little bit. Started just jawing, wasn't I? Please consider what we what we read today, would you? Let's have a word of prayer. Dear Father, just thank you for this day you've given us. And I pray, dear Lord, that you will just help us as we serve you. Lord, that uh, we could be a witness this week and win some souls and invite some people to church. Live for you. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Well, my friends, I hope you have a great Sunday tomorrow. And please witness to some poor lost soul. Would you? God bless you.